So, Dave, we're deep into the semester. How's it going? Great. You've been busy on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock? Yep. Co-hosting Music Biz 101 and more with you. Who have our guests been? Indie artist and alum Lauren Marsh, PR guru George Dassinger, Rosie Lopez, president of Tommy Boy Entertainment, and Adam Kornfeld, Rod Stewart's booking agent. I miss them. Is there any way I can still hear their words of wisdom? Sure. Every show becomes a podcast that you can hear on our website, musicbiz101wp.com, or on the Stitcher mobile app. And it's all free. Who's coming up next? Grammy-winning producer Harry Wanger, Warner VP Dan Goldberg, Sean Rosenberg, the engagement director at Huge. Oh, that's big. (laughs) I get it. The guests keep getting better and better. Our listeners, too. That's Music Biz 101 and more every Every Wednesday Wednesday at 8 p.m. Only on 88.7 WPSC Brave New Radio. Listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC on the campus of William Patterson, the University. I am your professor, David Kirk Philp, always here with my bestest buddy in the whole wide world, Dr. Esteban. His professor. My former professor, Dr. Stephen ah, Marco. Thanks. It's good to have you here, Stephen. You too, and you? we're winding it down, aren't we? We are getting close. I gave my final, final exam of the semester today. Wow. So am I. I think I'm giving one right now, actually. You're in an online class? Yes, from noon to midnight. And what is that class that you teach? It's uh, History of Rock Music, Diversity, and Justice. Wow. I want to... Area 4. I want to come here to uh, William Patterson and take cool classes like what you teach. Yes. Wow. Uh, We have a producer who's pushing buttons up and down. They're actually knobs and levers. His name is Philip... All sorts of levers. Oh, look, he's here. got a microphone. I have a voice. Yeah, this very week. good. Ah. <laughs> Philip Skeleton. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Skeleton crew. That's right. Mm-hmm. Philip is almost. Our guest will be calling in, and we will have him very shortly. We will keep him unnamed for a moment just to, to keep the tension high amongst mm-hmm. the listeners. We have a student with us tonight, Dr. Yes, Stephen Marconi. And she's a master's degree student, is she yes, not? Yes, she is. With one more semester to go. One more. Oh, and she can speak, too. Her name is Geneva Gamblin. People here at WPSC Brave New Radio 80.7 on campus of William Patterson University know her as G-Star. We know her as Geneva Gamblin. Geneva Gamblin! Geneva Woo! Gamblin. Okay. Yeah. All Phillip, right. Philip didn't clap. Nor did so he. I've got levers to put to play. <laughs> so we have three more weeks of live shows before we go into actually sort of four syndicated lecture shows. Five. Five, yes. Right. That's Correct right. me if I'm wrong. We just did. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so our three remaining live shows are starting next week, of course. And we have first Sean Rosenberg. And Sean Rosenberg is a graduate from William Patterson and did um, a lot of work actually at... Um, Atlantic, well, it was more WIA at the time, Warners, and he was the probably one of the first social media guys, and he got there, and they didn't know what he was doing, but they just uh, took his word, and he was uh, very fortunate to uh, move up the ladder very quickly to become vice president of new media there, and then has moved on, and I won't give his thunder away, but has had several um, positions since then. 
basically in the same field of social media. And, and he was cool. the first guy that I had seen come back and talk to us to the class. And he had, I believe that time, he had three uh, cell phones that he was working. It <laughs> might have been four even. Uh, so that in those days, I guess that's what he had to do to keep in contact with checking all the different sites and so on. Plus so he'll be very interesting. <laughs> and then the week after that, I am on assignment. You will be on assignment. That's that is right. right. So, and you are going to have as a guest Paul Sinclair oh, from Atlantic, Atlantic Records, our good oh. friend from Atlantic mm-hmm. Records. Back again, yes, great. That'll be his. He'll be the unprecedented third visit to Music wow. Biz 101 and more. The first one. Yeah, first one to reach three. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a big deal. And he, he pro- he'll probably get to four because we have a big announcement that we will announce when Paul is here. Great. In regards to that, and then uh, after that, your your friend Jerry Limbo the weekend after yes, that. Yes, the legendary. Uh, promotion man, Jerry Lembo, who has had a long stint in promotion from the early 80s, actually. Uh, first as an independent, then with Epic Records, and I believe he was promotion man of the year one year for NARM, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then uh, went independent again. And now he's doing several different things. I think he has a... Uh, one of his clients is still a contestant on The Voice. Right. So that'll be interesting. That'll be very cool. What you do with a client that's on The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And our our guest that week will be uh, Danny Spadaro, who is also uh, a contestant on The Voice this season. So mm-hmm. he's going to fill us in as well. So we're going to learn a lot about how The Voice works and how that whole thing goes. That, that'll be pretty cool. cool. And that's May 27th. And then... Um, that's the last live show. That'll be the last live show. Then we have five weeks of shows that are new to our listeners. They've been pre-recorded from events that took place here on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those guests include uh, Julie Greenwald, president of Atlantic Records, Leanne Callahan-Longo, who is Beyonce's manager and runs Parkwood Entertainment, uh, Donna Eichmeyer from Live Nation mm-hmm. and a couple others. So it's, it's going to be really cool. Five women. Five Correct. women. All women. We mm-hmm. love the women. And then uh, for those listening, because our guest is just about to be introduced, this is Music Biz 101 and more. We want you. We beg you. We urge you. Go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It comes out every Sunday at 6 p.m. on the dot, and it's chock full of wonderful information that you need to know all about the music and entertainment industry. And if you want right now, you may tweet us questions for our guests, and we will tell you in a moment who that is, but you can tweet us. At MusicBiz101WP. We're also there on Facebook and Instagram. And you may be listening to this in the future on the Stitcher mobile app on your iPhone or your Android cellular telephone, and that's fine. And before we get into the guest, we should mention that this is the place where, if you are looking for free advice about the music and entertainment biz that can help you succeed, Music Biz 101 and more is the only college radio based broadcast and podcast in Los Estados Unidos that provides you with the tools you need for that success. Was that a really long-winded blurb? The Estados Unidos part is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, speaking of all of that great information, where did we just come from? We just came from a great networking meetup in New Jersey, in Mm -hmm. Clifton, for, what was it called? The music... New Jersey Music Industry. Yeah, New Jersey NJ Music 
industry meetup. Right. And uh, if you want to find out information about that, reach out to us. And again, send us a tweet and we'll give you information. Uh, those happen every couple of weeks, but it's a great place to meet up with people in the local New Jersey industry. And it's if you're a DIY musician or somebody who wants to get into the biz and you're coming in from with zero contacts, that's the best way to get in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I couldn't think of a better way to get into the biz than to talk with our guest, Correct. And our guest has called in. His name is Jim Donio, and he is the president of the Music Business Association. Jim, are you here? I'm here. Great. Excellent. I am your professor, David Kirk Philp. We also have Steve Marconi on the line. Yep. And I've been going to NARM since, oh, God, the early 90s. William Patterson University has been a member and seen you several times. Yep, that's when we were NARM. That's uh, right. And one of our first questions, I guess, is, we could start right now, the name change, why? Yeah, we um, we changed our name from the National Association of Recording Merchandisers to the Music Business Association. Uh, we changed it two years ago. And it probably would have seemed uh, very appropriate and obvious uh, that we would have changed it even before two years ago. Mm-hmm. And there were times when we, you know, we went back and forth about changing a name, but, you know, uh, organizational names and, and acronyms gain a certain level of brand equity over time. So correct. there was a little bit of a resistance uh, to make uh, such a broad stroke change. So we just continued pretty much using the acronym, didn't really use the full name very often because it had... I think really outlived what the organization represented and uh, quite frankly <clears throat> what the migration of the music business had really become. Mm-hmm. So uh, because we were m- more than just about uh, merchandising of recordings in physical stores, which is how the organization started out, and because we were more about the, the really broadest landscape of the music business industry and the marketplace and the different business models, uh, we've been using the Music Business Association as a tagline. So we were NARM, the Music Business Association. Uh, so it was a pretty seamless um, transition once our board and our key stakeholders you know, made the decision to do it. Uh, we just dropped the NARM. And we just went with specifically, you know, Music Business Association. We are not using an acronym anymore. Mm -hmm. So we are not MBA for probably many obvious reasons that people could conclude because that could create some confusion. Mm -hmm. Jim, if you could just just turn down your radio in the background, please. Uh, I don't have a radio on. Oh, yeah? Oh, we just hear an echo. That's all. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) That's our producer. That's that's me. I'm incompetent. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No. Continue. Uh, just looking at uh, Wikipedia, the quote in Wikipedia says, I guess, from you, uh, quote, more segments of the business than ever before now play an active role in the commerce side of business. So the name National Associates of Reckon Merchandisers no longer reflected everyone who can participate in the organization. And you went yeah. on to say for the first time in the organization's history, the M stands for music. Yeah, that was a big, really big part of the, the branding transition. So not just sort of the philosophical change, getting everybody on board with making the change. Then we hired a branding consultancy 
and started to talk about, you know, what should we look like? What should the logo be? Mm-hmm. And most, most people who didn't know what the full name was just assumed that the M stood for music in ARM. They assumed it was National Association of Recorded Music or Retail Music. Right. And in fact, you know, for those 50-plus years, that M, the M never stood for music. It stood for merchandiser. Mm. Mm. So when we made this change, uh, we wanted to be very clear that the visual identity was focused on the M and that the M stood for music. So when you look at the new logo, when you look at the dynamics of the, of the, um, the creative elements of the logo, the colors and the reflections on the shading that we use, it very much you know, brings your attention to that M. And then right underneath is you know, very large uh, in, in turquoise-type font that says the word music. So that we want there to be no misunderstanding that we are the organization that represents the holistic um, bringing together of all the aspects of the music business, whether they are stores, whether they are online services, whether they are streaming, whether it's a label or an educator or the media, um, any kind of related supplier of all different types of services, entrepreneurs, um, app developers, startups, we're really the umbrella organization that brings everyone together because our mission is building the future of music commerce together, and everybody has a stake in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see it says a new structure is based around six sectors. Digital, yes. information tech, physical knowledge, artist management, touring, and legal and business affairs. So that, yeah, that's, that's certainly the umbrella. That's exactly true, and... We wanted to be really clear that you know all of these different types of professions are really part of the business and have been part of our organization, but we wanted it to be that they all felt that they had a place for them to discuss their particular issues, the things that were important to them, that there was a forum for that, so that kind of read, that, that led us to you know, into breeding up these uh, sectors. And within each sector, there are various working groups that are all focused on particular issues or challenges, uh, topics of interest. They all work together, putting together programming for our various events that we have. So it's a very collaborative uh, atmosphere. And even though in many cases they are um, companies that are competing with each other, We've, we've kind of rallied around this term of co-opetition, mm-hmm. where, yes, they are competing, but it's very important because they're all, they all have a vested interest in having a voice in our organization that they cooperate. Mm-hmm. So they set some of their proprietary differences aside because we want all the boats to rise in a business that has been very challenged uh, like the music business has. So it's, it's key for us to be able to focus on the you know, operational and promotional and informational issues that help everyone. And then each company, each individual, each organization can feel free to compete uh, just as they, they would in, in any other business. You know, we're not dismissing that, but there's a lot of value in them cooperating. Or everybody mm-hmm. joins associations to associate. Right. So that's, you know, we create that trusted um, forum for people to come together, and we've been doing that 
you know, now for 57 years. Yeah. Now, uh, another organization, national organization, of course, National Association of Music Merchants or Music Merchandisers, have expanded as well. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you would have gone to a NAM show and just seen products. And now you go to a show and there are attorney sessions, there are sessions. Uh, we just gave a, a, a educational session in January for DIY artists and so on. So how um, is there a differentiation in terms of who would be a member? Uh, or is, there, is that membership strictly still products and uh, software and you're taking in more of the um, entrepreneurial and the representation people? Yeah, I think that, I mean, NAM is very much focused um, primarily on musical instruments, but certainly there are um, retail establishments that sell musical instruments, but they may also sell um, recorded music. They may sell, um, you know, music products, uh, you know, CDs, vinyl, and so forth. So there, mm -hmm. there can be crossover. Uh, I'm sure there are members of our association who also sell musical instruments. So I think there's there's probably some crossover there. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly there's interest from the, the record labels and from artist managers and songwriters and, you know, the, the various types of professionals that we have. I'm sure they all, uh, from time to time, uh, are going to have an interest in, you know, what the, the musical instrument developments are, what the new technologies are in actually creating music. And I say musical instruments, but that, uh, that, can, that can be a broader umbrella as well because you look at the new technology, the ways to create music and play music are very different today. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I absolutely think that, you know, there are probably some aspects of our memberships that, have, you know, certainly would cross over depending on their, their interests. Yeah. I, no I noticed um, Music Biz Business Association um, not afraid to take on some pretty, uh, let's say, dicey subjects. I was, a few years ago, I was downtown uh, in, uh, I don't know if we, I can't remember where we were. I think we were on the west side somewhere. And there was a um, forum that was talking basically about uh, rights and about the collection of rights. And there was someone from Harry Fox, someone from, I think, John Simon was there from uh, Sound Exchange at the time, and uh, the PROs were represented. And I think basically there was um, a fleshing out of why are we doing this? Why don't we have one central clearinghouse in America? But uh, it was really under the umbrella of whether you were NARM at that time or Music Business Association. Uh, to me, it was pretty interesting and pretty... Um, pretty brave actually to bring them all to the table to to uh you know discuss in a in a fairly uh, aggressive manner mm -hmm. yeah we continue to do that um you know we really embrace all of the various um other groups that have uh, particular interests uh, you know it's very important that that music creators are compensated we live today in a very complex music marketplace. Uh, the rules of the road have changed. The, the business models have changed. The players have changed. So it's, it's really important, as I said a few minutes ago, that there is a forum where these entities 
and their various interests can come to the forefront and they can discuss them. And we're very happy to be the one to provide that. Mm -hmm. We have affiliate partners from all the different uh, areas that you indicated, from uh, the rights organizations to the PROs, uh, to the organizations that represent artists and represent labels and unions. You know, it's very, uh, you know, we have an open door to bringing the, the specialists from those organizations, you know, into our tent, as it were. And, in fact, you know, we have our convention coming up uh, just next week in Nashville for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll chat about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have Jacqueline Charlesworth coming uh, from the U.S. Copyright Office to, you know, to talk to the mm-hmm. audience about uh, the changes that are being contemplated you know, by the U.S. Copyright Office. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. doing a, a sort of a top-to-bottom review of, of copyright and how it, it affects and what the implications are, you know, for our business. So we, we have a commitment to being very contemporary, very conversant, very relevant, and bringing, you know, those folks to the table. We have a songwriters and publishers town hall at our event next week. We have an artist management and touring town hall where those folks are coming together. We, you know, bring in specialized genres like country and Americana and EDM and gospel and Christian. So, you know, we're, we're really good to our word where, you know, we put out a call for ideas, for presentations, for um, speakers, and, you know, we assemble a program that, you know, I would uh, put up against any other uh, event that's out there. We've got over 140 speakers. It's mm-hmm. probably one of our largest, if not the largest, program we've ever done uh, coming up next week. So, yeah, as, in answer to your question, that, that is part of our commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's, if it's looked upon as brave or bold, uh, you know, we certainly don't necessarily see it that way. We just see it as, as part of our mandate. It's part of our mission is to create this forum and these opportunities for people to, to talk, uh, and to disagree if they if they disagree, and and to debate if they need to debate, but uh, to provide an avenue for those points of view to be expressed, because in the end, all of these entities have a vested interest in there being a healthy music commerce arena, and it's important to them that there's some kind of transaction, that some kind of transaction is taking place, whether it's buying a CD or, or a vinyl album or opening up a subscription uh, or um, supporting the advertising on an ad-supported site, you know, whatever ends up yielding that transaction, that, uh, you know, commercial benefit, um, you know, we want to make sure that we provide a forum for that. Yeah. Now, the meeting is uh, for the first time out of L.A., and you've chosen Nashville. Does this look like it's going to be a, a trend that you'll be concentrating maybe on the centers of the industry, but not necessarily holding it strictly in L.A. I mean, that's another thing that NAM they're always in Anaheim, and then they have their summer, which they've moved, I guess, between Nashville and Austin a few times. Uh, Yeah, some some groups, some events um, find a home in a particular location. Uh, We were in L.A. for the past four years, but prior to the past four years, we actually had not had the convention in L.A. for 20 years. Yeah, we returned yeah. there, and then it sort of—it was a temporary home. Uh, people liked it. We were—we had very successful events, 
And then, you know, as with anything, uh, you know, you don't want there a malaise to set in. Mm-hmm. You don't want a sameness to set in. So we polled uh, all of our members and asked them for suggestions uh, for other cities where they would like to see the event. And quite frankly, for in quite a few years, uh, looking back in time, because I've been at the organization now for 27 years, so there's always been an interest in bringing it to Nashville, mm-hmm. Music City, after all. Yeah. And, and there were just some really foremost logistical reasons that we there just wasn't the right place at the right time that worked for us. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, um, some, some folks from Nashville who are part of our organization uh, came with the message that the city of Nashville and their Music City Music Council would really love to host us and would love for us to come there. So we spent the better part, really, of a couple of years uh, going through all the machinations that we need to go through because we're our events kind of unique in the space that we need and the complement of space that we need and the way that our business is conducted. And happily for us, uh, the Sheraton downtown Nashville was uh, poised be undergoing a $30 million top-to-bottom renovation, and we went and we looked, and we looked at their vision and and what the the property was going to look like, so there was a little bit of a leap of faith because it was, you know, looking at sketches and and fabric samples Mm. and, uh, you know, ideas, Uh, but it seemed like it would be a good fit for us, and uh, as it turns out, we were, you know, more than 100% right because the hotel sold out couple of months before the event, which had never happened for us before, uh, the, the idea of coming to Nashville really re-energized the base as well as expanded uh, our profile because we'd not been there before. There were audiences and constituencies and partners that we were able to reach out to. And as I said, of course, you know, Mayor Dean uh, and Chris Parham and the Music Council uh, and the Convention and Visitors Bureau, just everyone has stepped up. Mm -hmm. The Country Music Association, Americana Association, Gospel Association, uh, CSAC, BMI, the Recording Academy. It's just been pretty overwhelming, uh, you know, the warmth and the welcoming that we've had through this entire planning process. And uh, I think, you know, this event is certainly going to exceed our expectations in terms of the number of people that will be there uh, and certainly the size of the program as well. Great. Uh, hey, uh, Jim, this is Dave Philp. How, uh-huh. how many people do you expect to attend uh, the Music Business Association event? Well, we're right now we're at about 1,100, and we've still got a, a week to go or so, and then we, we have a, you know, people who sign up on site. So it's conceivable you know, we could get to about 1,200, and that'll be uh, you know, a significant increase uh, over the past couple of years. And, and what... Um, what do you call it? Because when I, I've been to NARM, you know, and it's easy. I, I was in the record business, and everybody would say, "Yeah, we're going to NARM, going to NARM." What do you call this? Do you, what, what is the slang that people, you know, the people in the biz call the event now? Yeah, it's called Music Biz. So the the um, the shorthand for the organization now matches the shorthand for the event. We had really, even as NARM, we had uh, switched the moniker for the convention event to Music Biz several years ago, three or four years ago, we've done that. Um, so when we changed our name, we really just matched, everything matched up. So we are Music Biz, and the event is Music Biz. So instead of saying people 
are people saying they're going to NARM, although I will confess, even though it's been two years, uh, <laughs> you know, some old habits die very hard, uh, even for us sometimes. But um, I think we've, we've moved people along the spectrum pretty well that uh, they're, they're making the transition uh, to saying they're going to music biz. What's cool is, Jim, right now you're on Music Biz 101 and more. How's, how's it feel so far, Jim? It's great. It's great. I, uh, I enjoy talking. Uh, hopefully that comes through. I'm, I'm very passionate about, about our organization. I'm very passionate about the music business, about the opportunities that exist. Of course, there are challenges. We've, we've gone through lots of growing pains. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I think it's a really exciting time. Uh, you know, I added a new dimension to my own uh, career uh, about a year ago, and I became a professor myself. Yes, we see that and at Brand I, X. You're and at, I am. You're at Brand X, I see, as, a, as an I associate am, prof- as adjunct professor. That's great. Yes, I, I'm teaching my teaching an introduction to the music business uh, ecosystem class. So I've, I've sort of gotten very much re-energized myself about, um, you know, about how the music business, you know, what is going to grow, what it's going to look like in the future, because that's really going to be dependent on, you know, the, the young people uh, who are learning now about, you know, what the business is about, what William Patterson and so many other uh, youth colleges and universities around the country, you know, we're building, we're developing, we're fostering. So, you know, I, must I'm really been, excited about all of that. Must have been, uh, you know, five to seven years ago, must have been pretty scary in terms of the number of um, retail outlets that were were uh, crying gloom and bro- bo- uh, <laughs> gloom and doom doom <laughs> and uh, you representing being the organization that really was representing retailers distributors uh, and um, you really had to I think you know dig down deep and come up with really a great plan which you have to uh, to stay vital. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, having been there for gosh, a quarter, more than a quarter of a century, almost half. I've actually been there almost half of my life. So I was there during the Halcyon days. Mm-hmm. So I had I had great perspective. You know, I was there in the eighties uh, and the early nineties when uh, it was a very different marketplace when people were replacing, you know, all their music collections, you know, with CDs. And then you had, you know, big box uh, and non-endemic retail entities coming into the business. Uh, It was a a very different time. And then we, you know, we came to 1999 and, you know, the switch got flipped with Napster and it was a very, very, very different business and a very different climate not more than a couple of years later. Then you get to 2003 and, and iTunes enters the marketplace and, you know, things change again. So, you know, it's, it's a cyclical business. It's a business that uh, when I speak and when I teach, uh, I, I'm very forthright and I say it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> you know, it's something that you really need to, you know, love and be committed to because it's, uh, it's a business that, has been affected as m- most of the other intellectual property-based uh, businesses and careers have been affected mm-hmm. by changes in technology. So you need to understand the business. You know, even if you were 
very focused on the creative aspect of the business. It's really important that you understand, as you said earlier, the you know the right, the, the copyright aspect of the business and the broadcast aspect of the business, and you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with so many, uh, so many changes. So yeah, we've had to be nimble. We've had to be responsive. We've had to be willing to kind of turn on a dime, change our programs, change our our services, change our membership. I mean, mm-hmm. right now, you know, our chairman of the board represents Google YouTube. You know, if you'd said that to me, even as recently as yeah. maybe two or three years ago, I wouldn't have even thought that was uh, in the realm of possibility. Right. But our board now, you know, includes, you know, Google YouTube and Spotify, Microsoft, you know, Amazon, iTunes. You know, it's a very, uh, you know, we're living in a, just a, a very different um, music business world. It's a new world order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier about how important uh, the Music Biz Association, Music Business Association, is to education. And we do have a student co-host with us tonight whose name is Geneva Gamblin, and she is getting her master's and MBA in music management here at William Patterson the university. And a lot of uh, students are listening and have tweeted in questions for you. And Geneva would like to read the first question for you, if you're okay with that, Jim. Great. Hi, Geneva. Hi. Nice to meet you. Let's hear the first question. (laughs) All right. First question comes from Twitter user at Disenchanted52. And she wants to know, what are new things the industry is thinking about when it comes to music retail? So what's going on now is really no different than what's been going on for for a number of years, which is, you know, music retail is is very diversified. Uh, These retail businesses are in many ways owned by very savvy business people who are looking at their markets, looking at their consumers, uh, their customer base, uh, and adjusting, you know, what they sell. Music is certainly at the core, at the heart of what they sell and what they do, but they... Um, you know, they can alter their uh, offerings depending on where they are. So many of them uh, have been selling, you know, boutique items. Uh, many of them sell books, sell greeting cards. You know, there's lots of other sort of lifestyle types of products. So that's one aspect. Hmm. Um, certainly with the creation of Record Store Day, uh, which is, has become really uh, almost a holiday of sorts around the world, the third Saturday in April now every year, Vinyl has experienced this uh, probably, um, you know, what no one would have expected, this, this incredible trajectory. So some, something that has really re-energized and revitalized, you know, music retail has been this embracing of vinyl. And probably 70% of vinyl customers, uh, vinyl shoppers are actually under 35. So mm. it's... You know, probably a misnomer. People think, oh, it's just, you know, older consumers trying to recapture their youth or whatever. That's that's really not true. You know, vinyl has struck a chord, if you'll excuse the expression, uh, with a younger demographic. So that's re-energized, um, you know, music retail. That's changed the fabric uh, of music retail, just as, um, you know, preparing for this Record Store Day event, uh, which has broken, like, all these records. I mean, they... The event was just a couple of weeks ago, and most of the stores, you know, experienced great increases in sales. For some of the stores, it was their, like, best sales day, like, ever, ever in the history of the store. 
So, you know, when people think of music stores today, I think they have, a, as, as Steve said, a, a doom and gloom uh, view. Uh, but, you know, that's not the truth. I mean, there are healthy, vibrant music stores all around the country, and, uh, you know, I encourage people to support them. We actually had Michael Kurtz on uh, the show. Michael Kurtz, who's the uh, co-founder of Record Store Day, he was on the show a few days before Record Store Day 2015. And uh, it's great to have you on to kind of uh, be a bookend for what what happened before, because you can kind of tell what happened after Record Store Day, which is very cool. And what you talk about the the uh, number of members and the various people who are make up the board of the Music Business Association, and you mentioned. Uh, from Spotify to Google and YouTube. Uh, do you have representation from independent retailers such as uh, the Record Store Day group? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was sort of highlighting uh, the, the, the new um, direction of the organization and, and new representation. But, of course, uh, we have um, you know, Homer's from Nebraska. We have Simple Records from Sacramento, California. We have Baker and & Taylor and Super D Alliance, uh, who are wholesalers, uh, whose customers are all the, you know, the independent stores around the country. So it's, you know, absolutely that, that's a critical, critical aspect of the organization uh, and of the board. So, you know, 25% of the board uh, is, you know, is devoted to the physical business because, you know, that business is, um, you know, essential uh, as far as I'm concerned you know, to the fabric of the music business. The music business, in terms of music fans and consumers, is a spectrum, and it's a spectrum of choices. And the, the very same person that may be standing in line uh, to get a piece of vinyl on Record Store Day may be a, you know, a very active streaming, uh, um, streaming fan as well. You know, music's not one-size-fits-all. It's not homogenous. It's very individual. It's very personal. And, uh, you know, all of these different choices that music fans have are important to the, the totality of the business. Geneva has another tweet for you. Yeah, it's actually uh, fitting coming off that last uh, comment. This comes from at Vuyo Satoshi. He wants to know, do you think that jazz music still has a worthwhile niche in the evolving music industry? Uh, absolutely it does. I, I've actually spoken for the past two years uh, at the Jazz Connect conference uh, in January in New York. And, you know, the, the stats for jazz have been, you know, pretty sobering because, as this, you know, jazz has been historically very much focused on uh, the physical business. Uh, it, it's not really developed uh, quite yet into the disaggregation of sort of people cherry-picking songs or, um, um, you know, pulling apart a piece of music uh, in terms of streaming or, or an album in terms of streaming. So I know that the jazz um, audience, the jazz community, feels challenged by that. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think that's you know, justifiable because it's, it's, it's a transition that has to happen. But I think that as they look at the direction that the business is going, you know, they're armed with information. It's important that they understand that a lot of the investment in the future of the business, uh, may come from entities outside of the business. It may come or will come from brands and other kinds of partners. Uh, That's another thread. That's another dimension of how this business is changing when you look at, you know, all of these, you know, well, 
healed entities that are looking at music and using music to amplify their brand or deliver a message. And jazz is the truest of American music, you know, art forms. Uh, and I've encouraged the jazz community to really um, use that and exploit that and look at how they can take their music and, you know, make a, a better commercial uh, opportunity out of it. And, and that's something that I think uh, is going to, to grow uh, in the years to come. Cool, cool. Uh, I have another have question another for you. Question. This one okay. comes from Tim Geisen Music. He wants to know, where do you see opportunities in the digital retail space for new artists? So there's probably more avenues to get your music in front of people than ever before. I mean, it's, it's daunting. You know, if I were uh, a young artist, an independent artist today, looking at uh, what all the opportunities are, it, it certainly can make your head spin. <clears throat> I think anybody that's considering um, who's created music and wants to get it in front of people needs to do their homework, needs to do their research, uh, be, be wise, be armed with all your facts and your information um, so that you're not taken, taken advantage of because there are a lot of you know, really, really well-planned um, and well-informed um, entities out there that can help you and that can support you. Uh, and I would certainly encourage anyone uh, who's, you, you know, who's contemplating to just do, do their homework because there, there are just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of places out there and they may not all necessarily work for you. So, um, you know, again, do the homework and, and partner up with entities that you feel have your best interest at heart, and that you feel that you have good chemistry with. If we could, I'd like to change the topic for a moment to the uh, an issue, the universal street date issue. Could you mm-hmm. kind of discuss for, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who don't really know what that means when I bring that up, and if you could kind of get into this whole uh, topic and uh, the ramifications of the decision that was recently made domestically as well as internationally. Right. So the decision was made internationally. It was not a, um, this was not a U.S. Uh, a U.S. decision. It was a decision that was made by the global, um, uh, the global labels around the world uh, after consultation with a host of entities and a host of organizations. And uh, it's, you know, they, we kind of, the, the shorthand for it is, is, um, GRD, so global release date. So what that means is that now, as, when music is released today, it's released on different days in different countries. So in the UK, the new music comes out on Mondays. In the US, it's Tuesday. In Japan, it's Wednesday. Uh, in Australia and Germany, it's Friday. And certainly, you know, there are other countries that fill in on, on those different days as well. And the conversation was around um, in, today when, when a piece of music, a song, an album uh, drops, as we say, you know, is made available. You know, it frust- can be frustrating for consumers, for music fans, uh, if it's available in one country and then people in another country might have to wait two or three or four days uh, to access it. That has um, certainly fueled piracy because we know that that's mm-hmm. been... 
uh, a huge issue for our business and other intellectual property-based businesses, you know, for the past 16 years. <clears throat> so that was, you know, one aspect of looking at this, um, this potential move. And then the other thing was to, you know, make the unveiling or release of music uh, more exciting, more of an event, uh, and leading into the weekend when people are more focused on their leisure and on their the availability of their time and they're out shopping. Uh, so, you know, those were a lot of the reasons that I think the idea came to the forefront. So it's the switch is going to happen on July 10th, uh, Friday, July the 10th. So it's the Friday after the July 4th weekend. Um, it will happen uh, worldwide, and it will happen uh, both in physical and digital commerce, um, downloads as well as streaming. And, uh, you know, our organization, Music Biz, uh, is working very closely and collaboratively with our members and with you know, the IFPI, that's the international organization under whose auspices um, the, the change is being made. So we're working together you know, with all of our partners to, you know, ensure that it is a successful transition. There are you know, myriad of issues that go along with making a, a, a change like this. Uh, so we're just ensuring that the, the questions are getting asked and that, you know, we're paving uh, a path for the, the transition to be made um, and um, making sure that, that people know that, you know, if you're looking for your new music, uh, you're going to now find it uh, everywhere uh, on Fridays. Now, there were lots of, of people who did not want the date to be changed, especially in the U.S., from Tuesday to Friday. What were the reasons why those people were against this move? Yeah, I mean, there were there were lots of differences, you know, lots of differences of opinion um, in terms of, of the move. Um, very valid concerns, very valid issues were, were raised. Um, you know, when people have been working uh, and using a particular um, schedule and time frame, you know, for a very long time, as, as we have. Um, and, you know, they, they know their businesses, they know their customers, they know the, the trends. So, you know, it's certainly going to be challenging. I think everyone is um, hopeful that, uh, that the opportunity that we're creating uh, you know, is going to potentially outweigh what some of the concerns may have been about making the shift uh, so that everybody is working together and working in concert um, so that it's a smooth and as seamless as possible transition. And, you know, Music Biz is certainly, you know, going to do what we can to ensure that as well. So some some of the uh, objections were, were, would you put kind of that it was just people... Um, you know, people hate change, you know, within ourselves. Was that sort of part of it, the, the fear of change and having to do no, things completely no, different? No, not at all. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I don't want to give that impression. It was not at all about not uh, embracing change. If, if nothing else, our business uh, has had to embrace change. We've absolutely embraced change all up and down the channel. No, I think it's more about, uh, you know, companies looking at you know, how their business works and um, something is working. And, you know, there are, you know, there are always questions. Um, and I think that the questions that were raised 
were well-founded and I think understood, and I think everybody around the table understood those issues and changes, uh, issues that were raised about the change. But I think in the end, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's a sense that, um, you know, we're moving towards something uh, that um, can, can energize the business. And I think that's what we, you know, now that the decision's been made, that's what we need to focus on. Um, we need to focus on looking forward uh, as opposed to looking back. Did you have to do this? Is there a governing body internationally that can kind of outright say United States or any other country, uh, here's what has to be done? Or was it just a negotiation and everybody I mean, in good faith said, you know what, it's best for the world business to do this? I mean, it's all, all of this is voluntary. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no power of law around this. This is not governmental. This is, you know, this is industry collaboration. And I think we all know, as we've seen uh, time after time after time uh, over the past handful of years, you know, an artist can put out their music uh, when it's finished and when they want to put it when they want to put it out. They want to put it out on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, they can and probably will do that. Uh, you know that you know that's going to happen. Um, you know, this is about. Uh, there being, you know, a cooperative, collaborative, um, you know, atmosphere where, you know, releases that, music releases that are certainly um, very high profile around the world where, you know, it's not, um, you know, local repertoire. This is repertoire uh, and, and, and creative works that, you know, everybody, in, no matter where you are in the world, is waiting for. So it's more about creating a platform for creating the marketing and the promotion around that so that it's, you know, the, 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 the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I think that's what it's really about. It is not at all about, uh, you know, fear of change. There is no, um, you know, people can in the end. Anybody can put out their music when they want to. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. That's not going to change because of this. But there is, um, you know, certainly there is an effort to um, make um, coordinated marketing and promotion and uh, events and excitement, uh, you know, a a bigger deal because it's happening everywhere. We have our final tweet for you because we have about two minutes left. So here's our final tweet of the night for you. All right. This comes from Donnie Law, and he wants to know, is there anything you've learned that you wish you knew when you were starting out? (laughs) Um, we only have two minutes, so, uh, there'd be, there'd be, there'd be too many things. Uh, you know, when I was starting out in this business, uh, in, in the business of association, I really didn't know anything about associations. I answered a tiny little less than one inch ad in the Philadelphia Inquirer newspaper. That was for, um, an editor, writer, for um, a New Jersey-based entertainment organization. And my degree is in journalism from Temple University. Uh, I worked in publishing, newspapers, PR, television, uh, prior to coming to NARM uh, 27 years ago. And I was always just very interested in in the entertainment business, but I knew nothing uh, about trade groups or membership organizations. So... Uh, you know, maybe if I'd known a little more uh, about that, uh, I would have uh, been more even more excited uh, to join. But I certainly 
you know, had no idea. I don't think anyone does. Uh, in Geneva, as you embark on your career and wherever you start out, you know, when you start out anywhere, I don't think anybody has in their mind that they're going to be there 27 years later. I certainly, I yeah. didn't. Uh, but I'm certainly glad uh, that I've kind of been the survivor to outplay, outwit, outlast. Uh, never imagined I'd be the president of, of this, um, you know, very esteemed organization uh, that I think has delivered so much and continues to have so much to give uh, to the health uh, and the vitality and the future of the music business. Well, this is great, and that's a great line to go out with because we do need to wrap this part of the show up. Mm -hmm. So, Jim, we do want to thank you so much for appearing on Music Biz 101 and more. And good luck on your new adjunct position. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. You joined the ranks of us. Yeah, <laughs> and, and thanks. And now uh, have a good luck with the show next week, and we will stay in touch because you never know. Music Biz Association, the Music Biz Show, Music Biz One Hundred and One, and more. Maybe there's a connection there in the future. Yeah, yes. I'd love, I'd, I'd love to come back anytime. How can I make money in the music business? Why copyright? Should I make a CD anymore? Trying to break into the music and entertainment biz? Wondering how the business works? Wondering how guys like Elton John and MC Hammer go bankrupt? Why am I not making any cash? Tune in to WP Brave New Radio every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Hang with the University's Music Business Faculty hosts, me, Steve Marconi, and me, Dave Phil. Plus, we'll have industry guests and students from the Music Management Program. How do I get gigs down at the shore? Call in with your questions and hear the latest in industry happenings. How do I get my music on iTunes? How do I get on a tour? It's Music Biz 101 and more every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Only on WP Brave New Radio. Your secretary's got our checks, right? Mine's direct deposit, I think. (laughs) If you want to learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, tune in to WP 88.7 Brave New Radio. We got managers, producers, records. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. All right, we're back. We're back. You're listening to the background. Ally Mac Project, the world is ours. By the way, Ally Mac Project, because we're ending our year here, our second semester of the calendar, whatever year this would be, uh, won the songwriting contest that we put out for theme song contest for Music Biz 101 and more. So we should give her props. And also, Tim Geisen, who you heard a moment ago, also was a honorable mention that we made up specifically for him because it was mm-hmm. so cool. But uh, let's get back to Jim Donio, Geneva. Yes. who is our MBA student. What did you think of our interview with Jim Donio? I thought it was interesting because uh, coming into this, I wasn't very familiar with NARM or Music Biz as it is called now. So it was cool to like hear about where it's going, where it's been. He's uh, a good interview in that he called you by your name. He did. He remembered yeah, he my name. And he got it correctly. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think he writes him down. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I would do. It's a good trick yeah. if nobody sees him writing it. But that's a great in terms of sure. you're trying to make a connection. But they, I mean, it, this segment took some uh, real hits. Because obviously, Reckon Merchandising went to zero uh, and is not much above zero now. 
and they knew they had to reinvent themselves to to survive and they found the niche that was not being serviced and that really was i believe taking on controversial subjects and trying to get people at the table to at least discuss it and there are various events downtown at the uh oh that hotel down i can't just drawing a blank down in soho and so on that they run fairly regularly and they are not you know uh new music seminar level uh, you know, events. These are events that they get right down in the nitty gritty, and you've got to know what you're talking about to, to really get anything out of it, or even to get into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, a tough sell, and uh, they got it to work actually. Yeah. And you bring up know what you're talking about because we know what we're talking about when we say come back every week and listen to Music Biz 101 and more on Bravery Radio 88.7 WPSC at Campus of Wayne Patterson University. Don't you think so, Dr. Stephen Marcone? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm so happy that you do. We should thank our esteemed producer, Philip Gorokovsky, right now. Philip Gorokovsky! Thank, thank Three you. more shows. Three yes, more shows. Three more with Philip. And then, uh, what we am should... I going to do Wednesday nights now? I don't even know what I'm going to do. Huh. Come back and keep doing our show. I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening here. I'm gonna come back. <laughs> it's not the same. And then uh, Geneva Gambling, Rambling with Gambling. Here we are. We want to thank you for uh, being with us, Geneva Gambling. Everybody. Yes. Of course, still not clapping. <laughs> Philip, Philip uh, would never clap for her. We do want and to thank Geneva. Your show is on at what time? Thursdays, five to seven. Actually, during my last show of the semester tomorrow. Okay. Tune in. Yeah, we should. And then uh, I want to thank Dr. Stephen Marconi for letting me work at William Patterson the University. Thank you, Stephen Marconi. It was a stretch. The good doctor. A stretch, no question. That's right. And uh, they call him Stretch, actually. That is his nickname, Stretch Marconi. <laughs> you can dunk it backwards. And then I am your professor, David Kirk Philp, and we are now closing out. Listen to our podcast on Stitcher mobile app. Go to musicbiz101wp.com. Listen to our newsletter. Tweet us. And thank you, everybody, who tweeted us questions tonight. Much appreciated. Next week. Next week, Sean Rosenberg. Yes, it'll be very interesting. And then it is time for go- us to go. So we are going to say, at the count of three, adios. Ready? One, two. Two, three, Taking it all